claiming it. Amen? Well, are you ready for the word? Amen. Come on. I promise you, God's got some things to say. Amen. Just open our hearts. Angie's got the word. Amen. We Amen. bless you this morning. Thank you. Well, I uh, just bless the Lord. And, and John, I agree with your word. I, I do believe that that is a word from the Lord this morning. And I'm just really thrilled. I, I, I pray that you're here expecting. Are we, do we come expecting to receive from the Lord? I, I just pray that, you know, those, the, as we praise and we worship, those songs began to, um, they encourage us and they stir our spirits. And sometimes when we're out of here, our spirits get kind of <laughs> low and down and weak and we, we need to, sometimes it's hard to encourage yourself. And, but uh, that's the importance of that unity, and, you know, I, we were with the pastors yesterday. These pastors of SkyTook, they continue to come together in unity. And I'm telling you, that's a good thing for our city, that the pastors are coming together. And, but what I have been so excited over the past few weeks of what I see and what I've been hearing, the prophetic voice that has been speaking and saying of the move of God that is coming and um, you say, yeah, well, we've been hearing that for a long time. You know what? We have. And what have we done with it? And I was thinking about how many, how prophetically you have preached for years for us to um, prepare ourselves for the day is at hand. I was reminded of Catherine Watsey a few years ago, talked about the great awakening that was coming. And you're like, oh, yeah, right. I'm fine, I've got a good job, gas is cheap, you know, whatever, everything's great. And um, you just, we've just continued to blow it off. But, you know, we're no different than those that we read about and we think, oh, how ignorant they were. We are just the same as the, these people in the Bible. <laughs> but you know what? It usually took a little dark and a little hardness that seemed to awaken them. And aren't we at a great place in America right now? We need to be jumping and shouting. I'm telling you, don't you get distracted by the price of gas. Don't get distracted by the price of milk. Hey, if God was for us and going to take care of us when it was $1.99, he can take care of us whenever it's 10.99 so either we're going to walk by faith or we're going to go crawl in a hole and say we're not going to make it so this is a test this is a test for us don't back down this is our best days because your light is going to shine because there are some I told Rob there's going to be some that are in a very desperate place right now because they're like we're not going to make it and we're here to say yes you are with the Lord on your own. You're not going to make it. But with the glory of God, we are going to make it. I have heard my parents. And if you've been here for any length of time, you have heard them talk about revival coming to Skytook. And we I, maybe we've heard it so often that we've kind of maybe got dull to it. It is time to <laughs> awaken to hear that word again. It is time to hear that. Revival means an improvement in the condition. Well, boy, don't we need an improvement in our condition. And if you say no, you better be the first one to be down here when we close tonight. We need 
an improvement in our condition. Our country needs an improvement in their condition. You know, we have seen moves of God in this place. We've seen moves of God in the barn, haven't we? But, you know, there's no repeats in the move. And we get so hung up in the repeat because we want to look back and say, oh, well, it wasn't like that, so it probably wasn't God. Or we get a little uncomfortable because it's a little weirder than it was the last time. I'm kind of like the weirder the better, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, Debbie and I and my parents as well went last weekend, and we heard Mario Marillon. He was in Tulsa. And uh, when Debbie and I went and heard him Saturday morning, it was just a, a group of pastors. And he went after every religious sacred cow you've ever heard. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat his sermon. I couldn't even begin to. But it was really good. But there are a lot of religious structures that want to hold us from revival, that want to hold us back. And a lot of those religious structures are right here. Because we have grown hold of how revival needs to look. And it ain't that old-time religion. Get that out of your head. That ain't it. That was for then. My granny, she talked about that electricity went up her. She talked to me about that when I was in the Baptist church, and I thought, my Lord, what has happened to granny? I had never heard of somebody talking about that. I didn't never experience the Holy Spirit. I sure had never experienced how he felt. You remember how he, when he, he, you feel things when the Holy Spirit moves on you. And if you haven't, We'll pray for you today, and you will feel the presence of God move on you. It's not a dead thing. God's not dead. We feel him. He moves on us. I have the power of that resurrected Christ in me. So do you. So why would we get freaked out if we feel something? But I come from a denomination. We didn't talk about things like that. You sure didn't talk about Holy Ghost. She talked about the Holy Ghost hitting her, and she felt that electricity. She only talked to me once about it. Thank God. I couldn't have took it probably another time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, things offend us sometimes, don't they? Why does the Word of God offend us? It exposes us. It exposes right where we're at. But Morio said last week, and I, this is kind of just what I remember, God is bringing a reset to Tulsa. That's to this area. And revival is starting today. Revival is here. This weekend, Rhonda, I went and heard Joshua. Yeah. Joshua Mills has been down at Rivergate, and I had, Rhonda had mentioned it to me and totally forgot about it. Happened just to see something Friday night or Friday afternoon about it, and I was like, Rob, we have to go to that. And he is a man from Canada that has, um, I think he said he's preached in over 80 countries. I mean, he has been around the world, and he brings a presence of the glory of God and uh, of just a lot of 
things of the Lord. And he, he's a wonderful man. But he said that as he began to ascend into Tulsa on the plane, the Lord started giving him a prophetic word for Tulsa. And he was going to give it the Friday night. And he got up there and he said, the Lord told me to wait till Saturday night. And I was like, so last night, laying in bed, I watched the whole service. It was awesome. And um, anyway, he gave the word. And, and if you can get on Rivergate, go to their service last night and watch it. Because it was a powerful word that he gave, gave over this area. And it went right along with what the guy I heard the week before say. And he says, some of y'all believe that Tulsa is a wilderness. And the Lord says, it's not. That he is going to move upon Tulsa. And that there's been many, and I really thought of you guys, that have stood and believed that revival is coming. And it is coming to this area. So be encouraged God is hearing. God is moving. And Deanne, last week, whenever we heard uh, Mario, he, he uh, played a clip of a lady being healed of MS. And um, she had a letter from the doctor. And, I mean, they didn't, the doctor didn't know what to say other than, I can't explain this. But she was healed in one of his services. But as I watched that video, and it was out in California, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and Moria's doing these huge tent revivals, and, um, and he's coming to Tulsa next month. And there's some cards out there on that little table that tell about it. It's free. Go down to the Maybe Center, and you won't want to miss it. It's a, kind of a two-night event. But as I watched that video, they panned the crowd. And as they panned the crowd, they all had on coats and they were all bundled up, but I mean, it was packed. I don't know how many hundreds of people were there. And whenever I saw that, all I could see was the barn. And there's only a couple of times that we've been out there that we've had coats on. <laughs> but for some reason in my spirit, that's all I could see was the barn. And it was just like the Lord just came on me. And he spoke to me, and he said, Angie, I spoke to your dad down in South Tulsa, and that's where I was, not at the same place. He said, I talked to your dad about 30 years ago about having that barn meeting. And he said, I'm speaking to you today and telling you that we, you're to have the meeting at the barn. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> that settles that. Because we've been talking about it, of what we're supposed to do. Because you know what? Just because you've done something over and over doesn't mean you keep doing it. Just because it was a good thing, you don't just keep, that's where you get into trouble sometimes. When you just think, oh, that works, so let's just keep doing it. So we were asking the Lord, and I, I am so grateful that he spoke to me. And, but here's the deal. About a month or so ago, my dad heard this guy, and he talked to y'all about the guy that he felt like that was supposed to come and do the meeting in September. And we weren't saying we were doing it at the barn. We just knew he was to come at that time. And um, 
as we, that Monday then, I told my dad, I said, this is what I felt like the Lord saying. He said, I need to get a hold of that, Rick. He said, I kind of think maybe we need to, we need him here for that whole week. I don't even know what we're doing, basically, but we need him just to be here. And so he calls him. And I don't know exactly how the conversation went, but the gist of it was is the Lord had already spoke to him and told him, you know, we just talked to him from Sunday to Wednesday. The Lord had already told him to be here for Sunday to Sunday. It was already all worked out. <laughs> so isn't it encouraging to know when you're hearing from the Lord? <laughs> but I tell you that to say God's really up to something. And he's really arranging something for, for you guys, for us, for this time, for this area. I'm friends with a young man on Facebook, and I, I just thought I'd go ahead and tell this. I told this to my dad. He, um, he's kind of childlike, and um, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And he puts some things on there that you just kind of ignore but then he's just continued to put something on there that's really caught my eye and he keeps putting on there he says revival's coming to northeast Oklahoma revival's coming to this area and then he put a few weeks later revival's coming and he listed his church current church and he and then he listed and revival's coming to ascension church and I just thought, you know, we don't want to dismiss things. We don't, just because of who some you might think, well, he 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 probably has a better connection than any of us. You know, <laughs> I kind of have a feeling he's got a direct line. You know, so we don't want to dismiss things. Don't want to dismiss it. But the, the revival, the awakening that is coming, awakening, an act or a movement of becoming suddenly aware of something. Our country is in an awakening right now. We're, we, and we have been awakened in the past few years to kind of maybe some of the dark that's going on in our country. And a lot of times it takes that to awaken us to the things of the Lord and to cry out to him. But, you know, revival isn't limited to salvation. And that's kind of the mindset that we've had, that revival is salvation. Um, and, yes, that's the first step. I believe when we're awakened to our need of Christ— that's our first awakening. But that mindset is, how many did y'all get saved at your revival? That has to be tore down. You know, we had a great move of God here a long time ago. Some things that happened, and a man asked another guy, well, how many did y'all get saved? Well, it wasn't about that not that we're but hear what i'm saying people need the lord and if you haven't give your heart today today's a great day to give your heart to the lord because if you don't know him and you haven't accepted him and he isn't in your heart 
you're not going to heaven. It's, it's just like that. Jesus loves you. He died to save you, but it's your choice. That's our first awakening, though. A lot of people haven't realized that they have a need for the Lord. But that's our first step. That's our first awakening is finding him, finding our need for him. But, you know, revival can be healing. Revival can be deliverance. Revival can be signs and wonders. Revival can be restoration of families. Restoration of relationships. That's, see what I'm saying? We've got to get our mindset of what revival looks like because a lot of times it's, we've got real hung up on, on it has to be a certain way. You know, I was thinking about we've seen revival all through the Word of God. What about whenever God created Eve? Don't you think there was a little awakening going on when Adam saw her? Come on. That was awakening. Woo! They had revival. What about Moses? They crossed the Red Sea. They were saved. That was a revival. Joshua, they entered the promised land. That was a revival. So let's open, you know, we've got to expand our thinking in some of this. What about Esther? And Debbie did a great job Wednesday night of, of laying that out of, of what this time that we're in, what that looks like and what we're to be about. But with the Jewish people, whenever she stood up, a woman had the courage to stand up and say, she put her neck on the line. We're at a time to where we're going to have to probably put our neck on the line for a few things. She stood up and brought salvation to their people. That was a revival. They had revival. This Wednesday, we're going to be celebrating that. And, and you're like, what? It's okay. It's, not, it's, it's in the Word. Read Esther. It's in there. It says celebrate it. She stepped up, she exposed the enemy, and she saved our people, or her people. And I want to read you um, a verse. Because, you know, usually whenever we read that story, we know what she did. We know the guy got hung. And that's kind of where we stop the story. But there's a few more chapters after that. In Esther 8:17, it says, In each and every province and in each and every city, wherever the king's command and his decree arrived, the Jews celebrated with gladness and joy a feast and a holiday, and many among the peoples of their land become Jews for the fear of the Jews and their God had fallen upon them. They had a party. They were, and I'm telling you, we would have too. This was revival. Because they experienced salvation. They celebrated their salvation, but then you know what they went and did? They went and fought. They went to war. Debbie talked about this Wednesday night. This is not a time to be passive. We have seen what being passive has done in our country. 
And I was I was reminded of, remember how many years ago when the baker in Colorado didn't want to bake the cake? That seems really minor right now. But that's kind of was a little, everybody was like, did you hear about the baker? And you're like, what do we do? We all talked about it. I don't know if we should all went out and baked a cake. We, but we were passive. We, we, we talked a lot about it. Because we're good Christians and we don't want to stir up anything. All the while, they're putting up rainbow flags on our White House. They're screaming in our face that we don't love them. If we don't bake them a cake... If we don't, and we have, like good Christians, folded our hands and put our head down and been passive and look where we are at. And if we don't get a little Esther in us today, the women ought to be jumping up and down and shouting because I am telling you, that's we have got to take up the fight that is before us. And the time of being passive is over. It's got to be over. This is pretty mild, but to us it was pretty important. The past month, we've had a holdup of some money. We've called, we've called, I've prayed, I've bound everything, I've rolled on the floor. You know, whenever you got some money coming and you don't have any, it gets pretty important. And we've called, we've talked to the, it wasn't a customer. It was just a refund thing that was supposed to be happening. We couldn't get our money. I don't know how many times Rob's talked to him, talked to him, talked to him. This went on almost almost a month. Finally, I, I don't know, I think it was Friday or something, I was like, let's try another number. Let's try another person that's above the person that we've been talking to. And within probably 10 minutes, the lady calls back and she says, she basically blew me off and said there wasn't anything she could do. So we kind of looked at each other and she wanted to blame it on the bank. And I said, I'm going to the bank. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I'm not leaving there till we get our money. I'm going to the bank. Okay, so I had something in the oven, so I was having to wait for the turkey to get done. And anyway, maybe five minutes went by, and Lacey called back and said, the money's been released. Praise God. Rob calls. He's like, it's in our account. Do you know how many times we've called and checked on that money in that account in the past month? We have got to get a little more aggressive. <laughs> I just kind of saw that. As soon as the, the lady called and said that money was in the account, the Lord just spoke to me and was like, you can't be passive about things. And when it comes to your money, you're usually not. You know, but we were just going through the channels that we thought we were to go through. After a month, you're like, I'm done with the channels. I'm going to the top. 
we, we're at the top. Aren't we supposed to be saints? <laughs> Ruling and reigning with the Lord? <laughs> but it's time for us, just like Esther and these people, they went to war, and they went and fought. And you know what Esther did? You know, they had already killed um, Haman. He had already been hung. But you know what? The king come to her and was like, is anything else, babe, you want to take care of? Don't you think she had his ear? Hey, she was discerning. And she said, oh, yeah, by the way, let's go ahead and take care of the sons. That's right. And you know what I was thinking about that? That's what needs to happen in our country. It's not just the, 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 the leader. It's the whole bloodline needs to be taken care of. Hear me in that. The bloodline's got to be dealt with. And we need to just continue to pray that, th yes, we've been praying things will be exposed. Well, they're being exposed. Now, let's pray that they'll be dealt with. Not just, you know, the whole bloodline be dealt with. But, you know, here's where things get interesting. We've heard of, of I don't know how many times we've heard uh, my mom and dad's stories of their, their beginning of their awakening of revival. You know, I, Rob and I have talked about this. He said, your parents have lived in revival their whole life. We've experienced it here. We've experienced when the glory of God has fell on the people. He's going to fall on us today. He is here. He's moving. The glory of God is here. If you're expecting, you're going to get all that he has for you today. Signs and wonders, his miracles are here. Healings are here today for you. Salvation is here for us today. If you've come to receive it, I want it all. I want it all. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to miss a thing. When the gold fell here, that was a, a, a big move of God. God demonstrated here. We had a lady, I've mentioned her before, Jean Chrysler. She preached a sermon on the kingdom. She so rattled this place. The power of God rattled this place through her message of the kingdom. I've never forgot that. At the barn, we've seen all kinds of crazy things. Salvations, prophetic words given, signs and wonders. You know what? Those moves were real. Those moves were God. And we're in a moment right now. This is where I feel like we're at. We have this window of opportunity to prepare ourselves. We, we've had it our whole God life. We should be where we need to be. But if you're not, you've got a window of opportunity here to prepare ourselves for this next move of God that's coming. And it's going to look different for all of us on how do you prepare yourself. Because we're not all in the same place. But here's the thing. Everyone wants the God result, but not everybody wants to go through the God process. I want to jump and shout, roll around, get the glory, the gold, and, but the process is that window of opportunity that I'm talking about that we have to, to get it.
We want the result, but we don't want to go through the process. You know what? The process seems to filter out a lot of people. They experience salvation, and then the process starts, and we don't see them anymore. Put up, uh, we're gonna, I want to read Isaiah 48.10. This should be the very next verse. After you receive the Lord, this should be the very next verse that we show somebody. The fire of God is real. It is refining. It is life-changing. And it is worth staying in. Isaiah 48.10. Behold, I have, ref- sorry about that. The, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. <laughs> Behold, I. You know who the I is? <laughs> it's the Lord. That fire that comes. What is a, okay, do you know what affliction means? <laughs> Ouch. Something that causes pain or suffering. Behold, I have refined you. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. That fire, it wants to burn away everything in us that doesn't look like him. It's worth staying in the fire. That's the process, but a lot of times the fire comes, and whenever he brings the fire, when he brings the affliction, you've got some choices to make. One, you ignore it. I don't got no problems. Or, number two, you get mad get mad at the person that brought it, you know, that, that exposed you. You get mad, God, pastor, you just get mad, okay? Number three, here's, here's what a lot of good Christians do. You blame the devil. The devil's put this on me. You give him some shandais and you try to go on. But you know what? If you ignore it or you get mad, you're stuck right there. I don't believe you move through the process. You could live to be 102, and if you haven't dealt with it, you're still right where you were, right there. You have not moved from the process. Here is the number four choice, and this is the best choice. It's not the easiest choice. And it is you say, God, you're right. I'm wrong take it out of me, and just fall over and die. That's what, that, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Y'all all smiling because y'all been there. I'm going to tell you, about a month ago, I went to Owasso. I can't remember what in the world I was doing over there, and I was coming home down Highway 75, and um, I'm cru- cruising right along highway patrol comes up gets right beside me puts on his brakes and gets behind me and I thought he's stopping me I was like okay so he gets out I'm on 75 where everybody could see me (laughs) oh it's funny now 
So, rolls down the window. It's like, hi. It's like, ma'am, I see you have your seatbelt on, but you're wearing it improperly. My first thought was, don't you have something better to do? I'm going the speed limit. I have it on. Here's the deal. You know, several years ago, whenever the whole seatbelt thing came on, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be rebellious and not wear it. Well, I'm short, in case you haven't noticed. Well, those things choke me. It's like up here. So I just put it under my arm. I have done this for years. So I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what I've done. So he said, ma'am, I'm not going to give you a ticket, but I'm going to give you a warning. I was like, okay, fine. I said, man, I haven't been stopped in a long time. He just kind of looks at me and says, well, I need to see your driver's license. And so I said, well, don't you want my insurance? And he was like, no, that's okay. So he goes back. Well, then as the cars are zooming by, all of a sudden I was like, people are seeing me stopped on the highway. It was like all of a sudden I was like wishing I could put a sign out. I wasn't speeding. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Isn't that the way we want to do, though? Like defending myself or something you know I know those who laugh the loudest yeah anyway so he comes and he gives me he comes back by this time I was kind of a little shook up by the whole thing I'm not gonna lie I know it's really minor to you you know whatever anyway so he gives me back my driver's license, and I was like, thank you, bless you. I roll up the window, and he pulls off, and I said, screw you. I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I said. So I'm driving home. How's the process looking now? So I got home, and I'm making Rob and I some lunch. And I was just beside myself at this point. <laughs> and I just began to cry. And I was like, I just said, bless you. And then I said that. And I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? And I was pretty upset about it. And I think Rob was home for a while before I told him about it. He was like, well, it took you a minute to tell me. And I was like, well, I just, I wasn't like embarrassed about getting stopped, but I was just really heartbroken over my response. I mean, the Lord convicted me of my response to that man. Because, you know, whenever he first stopped me, I thought, well, he's just doing his job. Well, he was. But then as he left, I was like, who do you think you are stopping me? You know? I was in the process. I was in the fire. I failed the test. The very next day, right where I was reading, I was reading in James 3, 9 and 10. And it says this. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his own image. 
Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Where are we at in that process? God, I want your result. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I still, I had so much trouble. I went over the next morning, showed up at my mom and dad's house. I was like, y'all got to do something with me. I got issues. <laughs> they were like, well, if you've repented, we forgive you. Get over it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, and, and then, so I got to maybe go through another month. I don't know about you. Things just pop out at the most unusual times. And, you know, I, I responded to a situation, and here's the thing. I was right in what I was saying. <laughs> See, we think if we're right, then that makes it okay to act however you want. We kind of justify things sometimes. Oh, well, what I said was right. Well, by golly, it was right. But my, my presentation wasn't so godlike. Well, I have a loving father that loves me enough to say, um, you could have maybe just toned it down a bit. I was so broken over that. I told him, I said, you know, if I would just, could I just lay down on the ground and if you'd just stomp me real good, I'd feel better. <laughs> it was like I couldn't get over, I couldn't let it go. I didn't want to forgive myself, you know. It was less like, he said, well, yeah, I know you'd feel better if that's what I did, but that's, I, I mean, he was like, get over it. He wasn't thinking anything else about it. Hebrews 12.10 then. God is so good. He just speaks to us right where I'm reading. The very next day it says, But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. And I told him, I said, God loves me so much. He loves me so much. That he didn't want me to act like that. That he had someone say something to me. He had the cop stop me. So I've been wearing my seatbelt right. Now there have been some times, you know, I've done it for so long, I just forget. You know, I just pop that thing under my arm. I'm like, oh. It's going to take some retraining. But where are we at in that process? Where are you at in that process? I know this isn't just me. It's hard. And I'm not proud to get up here and say that I talked to the policeman that way. But our hearts get exposed. Because we want to think, oh, that's not, in, that's not in me. I got the power of God in me. That would, and then just poop, we get exposed. And the craziest things pop out sometimes. But you know what? He loves us so much. It talks about in that, in that Hebrews, it talks about us correcting our children. You love that. You don't correct them because you don't like them. You correct them because you love them. 
God's the very same way. He loves us so much that he says, hey, I want you to keep going through the process. I'm going to bring this little affliction on you, and it's going to expose what's in you, and then you're going to have the choice. Are you going to keep going through the process? Are you going to keep going through the fire? We say we want the fire of God. We want it to burn within us. Boy, that sounds so awesome. And then the fire comes, and we're like, oh, where's the water hose? <laughs> what about what about Luke 4? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I've heard this weekend, the anointing is an alignment. It's an alignment and it's obedience to him. If we're obedient to the Lord, God's ways are really easy. If we're obedient to him, we're going to be led by his spirit. You don't have to worry about if you're in the right place or the wrong place. If you're following his spirit, you're, you're always going to be in the right place. But that's going to take obedience to him. That's going to be uh, going through that process, not just always looking for the end result of a glory hallelujah and feeling good. Because the Christian life isn't always feeling good. I was feeling really low when my dad said, Angie, I don't want to disappoint him, but you know what? It's not about him. I don't want to disappoint him. And sometimes we, we forget about God and, and that we're to be pleasing to him. Our life is to, what about the fear of the Lord? I have a feeling he wasn't too happy about me when I said those things. So you repent, and then you pick yourself up and you go on. And I'm still anointed. I, I, I'm still anointed by the Lord, even though I messed up. So are you. So I, I be encouraged today. But I just ask you, where are you at in that process? Where, you know, are you stuck in your affliction somewhere? Are you moving with the Lord, are you being obedient to him? Where, so here we are with this opportune time to be ready. Why am I saying to be ready? Because there's a great harvest of people that's going to need you to help them. That's why we got to get ready and prepare ourselves. And sometimes you're thinking, I don't know how much more I can get ready. We'll just keep getting ready. There's always more. There's always a higher place. There, there, to get to that spirit realm of where God lives and wants us to live and not be so natural-minded of things, we've got to tap into that other realm to be able to probably make it through the time. And we probably haven't seen the worst of things yet. Not, not to be discouraging, but we must be discerning. We must be discerning. I hope this is the worst of it. If a little high price in gas is all there is, whoop. You know, we've had it pretty easy. Go to, go to Ukraine right now. High price of gas didn't really concern them right now. 
But but our time as warriors, it's time to arise. It's time to stop being passive. But where are we at in that process? I want the God result. I want to lay hands on people and them be healed. I want to be able to help people be delivered of things that's held them in bondage. We, that's, that's all of our jobs. That's what we're all to be about. The anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us. He has anointed us. And as we walk in that anointing, then that's when we can step into his glory. That's, what he, that's where we need to be. <laughs> his glory is here this morning. His glory is here this morning. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We just welcome you here. Welcome into our hearts, into our lives. Lord, just show us where we're at in that process. As you are refining us in that fire of affliction. Lord, thank you for the word that awakens us so that we can join you in revival. You expose our hearts, Lord. Thank you that you love us enough that you're calling us to, into holiness, to live a life of holiness. It's not a life of religion. It's a life of freedom. We thank you for the revival that is here, that is now, that awakening is occurring even here among this people, because you're awaking us this morning to things that's been exposed in our hearts that we need to deal with. That's revival. Lord, you've done that this morning. So I'm going to give you a, a chance to respond, um, whatever that looks like for you. You may need to... Um, Remember those four steps? You may be stuck in one of those four steps. You know, deal with that this morning. May, and I have a feeling, though, that some of us, though, um, we just need the fire of God prayed on us, just that we can, because a lot of you are awakened to revival. You know what a re revival is. You're walking with the Lord. But we need a, a renewal just a stirring. God is stirring. God is moving now. You feel him. I sense his presence is moving. He's speaking to us. I'm just going to ask you to stand. I just want to bless you. Thank you for being here. And I, I don't feel like I'm not begging you because you know what? You're not responding to me. You're responding to the move of the Lord. You can turn on that music if you would, please. I, um, this is your opportunity. It, it, you're, you won't offend me It's because it's not about me. And I wanted to be anxious about this today. And... Um, I don't have fear. So I was like, what am I being anxious about?
But I do have a real, um, I just have a desire for God's people to have a hunger and a desire for Him like you've never had before. Because there's more of the glory of God that He wants us to step into. So I am appealing to you to move in and take a step into the glory and to His anointing and to what He has for you, whatever that looks like. And you know what? Some of this may not have made any sense to you, but that's okay. Take a step. Take a step. Take a step. And, and I bless you. If you don't need prayer today, you're dismissed. It, but if you do need prayer, I, I say come get on the line and let's pray for you. Where I'm not going to beg you to come. Just come. Just come. Just come. I ask you a question. When we talked about singing all those songs, if you were ready to meet him if he come today. And some of you know that's not true. Listen, she's shared her soul. And I'm telling you, what's in us comes out. And it's embarrassing at times, but we got to deal with it, and confess it, and admit it. Just come.